This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. What is up? It is another episode of Pine Tar for Breakfast at Kevin Franzen on Twitter. We got Trevor Plouffe today. Former Philly, former twin, former Ray, former athletic. We're just talking about the game, where he's at right now as far as what he's doing outside of baseball. And that's right here. Pine Tar for breakfast. Stay tuned. What up, and welcome to another episode of Pine Tar for Breakfast. I'm your host, Kevin Franzen, at Kevin Franzen on Twitter. We got some good things coming for you today, and that good thing, actually, is Trevor Plouffe. Here he is. We have ourselves a big leaguer on here, nine-year big leaguer, Minnesota Twins, the Philadelphia Phillies, Tampa Bay Rays, and the Oakland Athletics. Trevor Plouffe, how are you, buddy? What's up, Kev? Man, it's good to uh, hear your voice. Thanks for having me on. Well, dude, okay, so this goes back. Uh, I want to say 2010 is the first time I met you, and uh, it was very brief. I was in uh, Pawtucket. You were in Rochester. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the following year, I played against you, and I still think it is the coldest game I've ever – not for me, but I don't know about for you, playing in Minnesota. But Rochester, New York, we played a game in early April that uh, – was it Scott Diamond? Is that his name, the lefty? Yes. Uh, he was throwing, and it was like 13 degrees, 15 degrees, something like that, with a wind chill of three. <laughs> and uh, you were playing third. I was playing shortstop. And the first pitch I saw of that game was a changeup off the cap. I couldn't even throw a ball for seven innings. The next day we got snowed out. Anyway, you were a part <laughs> of that. So, uh, you know, that's, that's my first recollection of you. Uh, we were from the same draft. You were a twentieth mm-hmm. pick in the in in the first round of the two thousand four draft. I was like three hundred and eighty, but it's all good. You were only eighteen. I was, you know, twenty two. Fun times. <laughs> Everything good? What, was Scott throwing cutters in on your hands too that day? Because that's kind of what he did. And, and, yeah, no, he cold, went he went no change up first pitch of the game. Like I, I don't know. I, I I had like a good series going up until that, mm-hmm. uh, and so he. He saw that I was ambushing everything, so why not go change up? I'm going. It's cold. I'm not. I, I don't want to. I don't want to be out here that much. So swing, swing the bat, baby. Yeah, yeah. I, everybody appreciated that. I'm sure that those are the type of games, man. You're like, let's get this thing over with. Especially if you're, if you're sitting in AAA and it's snowing and it's just. Oh, that's not a that's not a fun atmosphere. You know what? Like that Rochester is one of those places I love playing at. And it sounds weird. Most people are going, huh? I'm like, well, not only was it the dinosaur barbecue or anything like that, but like the the, the hitting facade, right? Like you had an actual hitter's eye that was black. And yes. it felt like you could see the ball for days. And I'm like, dude, as a, as a hitter, you're going, this is fantastic. I don't know if, you know, playing, you know, as the home team, if that was the same case. But that's what, it, that, that's what I felt like. I always enjoyed my time in Rochester. And, yeah, like, I mean, you know, like you go around the minor league cities – 
you never know what you're going to get at these fields. And so to have a good batter's eye as your home base was always nice. But, I mean, it's always freezing there. <laughs> and then you, it's not like you escape it and go somewhere warm because you're going to Buffalo, and that's even colder, or you're going to Syracuse. And that's a tough league, man. And, you know, I think uh, everyone knows you, the PCL is the hitter's league and the IL is kind of like the old man yeah. um, pitcher's league. So – it's uh, I have fond memories, but uh, I, I don't want to ever go back and do that again. <laughs> so, so I bring that up because I, I feel like when, when we talk about uh, cold, right, and, and there's the possibility that this season when it gets going, it gets to November, December, and uh, the, the thoughts of it going to that, that place, you're going, what the hell is Minnesota going to be like? Like, if, mm-hmm. if this team – is supposed to be where they are going from last year and hitting 309 just 9000 homers what was it 307 uh mm-hmm. and, and you're going to have a playoff team there's a chance that 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 neutral site thing is going to have to come into play they're not going to be playing at the new viking stadium whatever it is yeah i don't i mean i don't know what to think about baseball this year i was uh, an optimist early on i still have my prediction out there i said july is when games will start so i'm kind of sticking by that and i'm hoping and this now seems more just like wishing like i'm i'm wishing that all the games are played at big league stadiums around the country this arizona plan that came out yesterday or like the proposal of it, it just doesn't make any sense to me. I don't think logistically, I think it's a nightmare. And the thought of having big league teams facing each other at 9am on a spring training field, like doesn't do it for me. No. So even if it's on TV, like it doesn't, yeah, that's not where's the fans. I said yesterday uh, we were doing uh, I was doing a show and we talked about like, you got to pump in the crowd noise. You mm-hmm. got to have that some sort of atmosphere like that. Cause if it's just dead silent, I mean, that's not even, that's a not fun to play in and B it's not fun to watch. If you ever watch something with no sound, I mean, it's boring. So you got to have the crowd noise or, or, or maybe something different. Maybe they pump in some sort of <laughs> upbeat music or some shit. I don't know, man. Um, it's, it's, but baseball, if we get baseball this year, and that's a big, if now it's going to look a lot different. Well, it's it's one of those things that I look at. Uh, you know, they they come out with a proposal and they're like, okay, well, we'll, we'll include microphones on these players and all this stuff. I'm going, well, shouldn't they do that anyways? Like what they did during spring training with a couple of the games. I'm going, yeah, why not? So you have that, and you're going, okay, that's one thing. But the biodome, ten spring mm-hmm. training sites, one, you know, the Chase Field, and you're going, okay, with Chase Field maybe having what four or five games there that day uh it's the good thing is they have turf that's number one but number two Mm -hmm. i'm going four and a half months without your family because you're not bringing family members with you Mm -hmm. like that's not pot like to me that is not possible that is like the that is the gravest of areas you want to go to it's a it's a dead point for me yeah i mean i i agree with that and you know i like was crazy thinking last week and I was talking about this with somebody and I said, you know what? Um, why don't they just do like an Olympic village in Arizona? They get all the guys together. They can do, I was semi joking about it. Then 
a week later, we get this this proposal coming out, basically saying that they want to try to do this. And you know, so I sent some feelers out, some texts out to some guys, and that's how they felt about it. And as grave of a situation as that is, you know, being isolated for four four and a half months without your family, basically staying in a hotel room the entire time. Um, guys are kind of up for it, man. They they want to get paid. Yeah. So yeah, the I'm- overall theme in this whole. Like, are we going to get baseball? Are we not? I mean, the main issue is the money. And both sides are losing money every single day that we don't play baseball. So, the only, like, the small glimmer of hope I have for the season is still in play because of that. Yeah. No, I agree on that. But at the same time, it's going, all it takes is one. And if you get one guy sick, one guy, you know, passes along, uh, there's no minor league system. <laughs> That's what I mean. Yeah. W- what it comes down to, you're going to carry more guys, uh, and you're 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 thinking of every scenario. You're going, okay, well, if this guy gets hurt, you could bring in this guy. If this guy gets sick, well, that takes out the entire team because now you're getting isolated. But then they're going, no, you don't have to isolate everyone. I'm like, oh my god, where are we right now? <laughs> yeah, it's, <laughs> it's 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 weird to talk about it. And you and you, as soon as you think you have a good idea, you know, there's there's some other intangible that comes up like, yeah, like, okay. Like how do we treat guys that if, if we have these tests and these instant tests, like what do we do with the guy that tests positive? Mm -hmm. Does he just like go home for the rest of the season? Is he isolated for two weeks? Uh, It's logistically, it's a nightmare. Both sides are heavily motivated though, to get it done. I just don't know, you know, in the end, in the end, it's, the federal government that has yeah. to give the okay. Like no, for sure. these guys can want to do whatever they want, but if the government says no, like they can't do it. So, so I, we got to wait on that. When, when you look at this and, and you're, you know, so for you, you're doing stuff with, with John boy media, uh, and talking baseball, you guys get your own show. It's pretty awesome. Uh, anyone that wants to tune in, you can find it. Finding you what Trevor Plouffe is that at Trevor Plouffe? At Trevor Plouffe, uh, Twitter, Instagram. I don't use my Instagram too much, but uh, the Talking Baseball stuff is uh, we have our YouTube channel, um, Talking Baseball. Uh, it's on all the podcast platforms. So we're going to get into that, but I want to talk about this real quick because I think this is something that you guys might approach or you guys have talked about, which is they come up with these agreements, right, in, in as far as service time with the guys. Mm-hmm. Do you find, and even if they lose this season, this is the biggest thing that that could happen to the CBA because for the CBA agreement that's coming up in in, in two off season or next up two off seasons, uh, where they are as far as where they stand, the the ownership and MLBPA, um, you lose out on a year. I mean, you don't want to lose out on a second year, and mm-hmm. take me through your thoughts on on where we are in our game. Moving forward, because them coming to this agreement and mm-hmm. and and kind of both both sides kind of taking a little bit here and there, but uh, the service time thing is a huge deal. Where do you see this game in two years? Because if if this happens, if we don't see a, a season this year, they got to come up with something, right? They got to come up with an agreement. Yeah. So we the agreement runs through next year. So I think. Before all this happened, I would say the chance of a strike was sitting somewhere around 50%. Mm-hmm. 
I thought it was a good chance that a strike could happen just because for being real here, the players don't have a ton of leverage. Okay. You know, the hammer is a strike and that's a big hammer. It's a big weapon that they have. Mm-hmm. But I think with what's going on now, all the dialogue between the uh, players association and the owners, I think it's going to help out after next year when they start talk, or I mean, obviously the talks will start, next year during the season, but when they're talking CBA and our next collective bargaining agreement, I think this is going to help out because they've already been working together and I think they'll be incentivized to keep everything going, especially with the missed year of revenue and payroll. I think they're like, there's no way we want to extend this. Like we've, now we've seen, we've seen what no baseball looks like. Like we're getting a glimpse of it. And I think now they're like, we don't want that. Both sides are, going to be adamantly against that and i think they'll be able to come together and this is going to help do that yeah i i couldn't agree more i i think it, as far as trying to think positively about certain things that's one is that with, with, with the mm-hmm. loss of games right now every day that goes by and there's no baseball there's no sports it should help out those those relationships like we should be fighting together for certain causes and the number one cause i think is having sports, having, having action going on continuously, mm-hmm. like whether, you know, no strikes. Um, yes. For me, I, I, I find some solace in that. Now, moving forward, I mean, you say July. I don't put a date on when this is going to happen, you know, as far as the start mm-hmm. of the season, because uh, I don't want to get my hopes up. I, <laughs> I have a tough time with that. I'm just like, just I need something. Old games? Do you do you find yourself watching old games? I can't watch old games. I already know the 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 results. <laughs> it's just part of I, who I am on that. But how about you? I have not watched any old games. In fact, I to be honest with you, I don't watch a ton of baseball in general. Anyway, um, I will catch up on highlights. I'll do my research and see how things go. But you know, last year was my first year not playing baseball since 2004 so it was my first year being home you know when the games are going on and i found myself watching maybe like a game a week or something like that always keeping up with the game understanding where we're at but um i haven't like last year i didn't do it it might have been different this year because i was going to start doing some stuff with the twins so i would have had to follow them more uh, more closely um but my like the way that I watch baseball hasn't changed, which is I don't watch it very much. And especially these old games. I don't, I don't really care about them. No. You know, maybe if there's something that I'm like, Oh, I got to watch that again. Like I find myself like there's a few highlights that I, or a few things that I would watch. Um, I did tune into the Cal Ripken thing a little bit because yep. I was always a big fan of Cal Ripken. So that was on, I think um, yesterday. Um, if they show the Mike Piazza post September 11 highlight, like I'm locked in on that game. Like those are, those are like certain games I just like have in my mind that I that I like to watch. But yeah, the past games don't do it for me. The simulated games don't do it for me. <laughs> so I like I, I need baseball back because I, I I do I do enjoy watching it, but uh, it's just been a long time since I have been able to. Yeah. And uh, you know what's what's crazy is that you find yourself realizing how much sport takes away some anxiety for a little bit. 
And then mm-hmm. you, you go back on certain things. You were what, like 15, 15 years old when 9-11 hit? I Maybe was, 16? I don't know. 2001. Yeah, it's 15. And, and you look at it and you're going, a week later, baseball kind of started back up. And for an hour, you know, three hours maybe, you weren't thinking it. And at that age, I don't know if you were thinking about, you know, what was going on in the world. I was a sophomore in college. And the moment we got some sport back, it didn't feel like things were normal. But for an hour or two, you're just like, oh. And and yeah. right now, seeing people and, and how creative they're being and trying to get content out there with the baseball. And I want to get into it with you about, you know, the, the talking baseball and the John Boy media. Uh, you find yourself in that time frame, like just maybe for a little bit, like right now for me, I'm not even thinking about what's going on outside. I'm just, ta- just being mm-hmm. able to talk with you and talk baseball. I think it's, it's fun. It is fun. And it, it would be a welcome distraction. You know, everyone's kind of, <laughs> everyone should be at home. Okay. And uh, everyone should be slowing down. I think it's a nice thing. We talked about that a little bit before we, we started mm-hmm. recording. I think it's nice to slow down a little bit. But there's only so much you can do. I would love to watch some sports right now. Mm-hmm. I would love to watch any sort of sport right now. So, uh, yes, I, I do believe. And, and I'm hoping that baseball does come back and can be that healer for the nation because it's happened many times before. So many times, yep. You know, we're talking dating back to World War II, how baseball helped people heal. And then... You know, we just talked about, you know, September 11th, and now we have this pandemic going on. And I think baseball has the opportunity to bring everyone together and to say, hey, hey, here's some normalcy coming back. So, yes, I would love to see some baseball. Um, I, man, I really hope we do. (laughs) (laughs) I keep going back and forth. I keep going back and forth like, yeah, I think we're going to get it. And then something will come up like there's no way. Yeah. So I think our guy, our – our president now is is very optimistic, and I think he's a little overly optimistic about how fast things are going to be back. But um, let's hope that he's right. Yeah, let's let let us hope he's right. You know, because after and- you know what's funny is is you know he had a a call with all the commissioners of all the sports, you know, all yep. the head honchos, and then like and Vince a McMahon day later, twice. <laughs> yeah, exactly, and A Rod for some reason. <laughs> But, um, yeah, don't get me started on that. But So they have this meeting, and obviously this our president's an eccentric person and personality. Uh, There's no denying that. But so they have this meeting, and then two days later, Dana White's talking about buying a private island. MLB is saying we're going to quarantine everybody in an Olympic village in Arizona, and we're going to play on spring training fields. Like he must have said some stuff that gave these guys optimism. And I don't know if it's truthful. But he, whatever he said got people thinking we could get this done much quicker than we had previously thought. Yeah, I think they everyone jumps on board, and they're just – I think people also are trying to give hope. And yeah. whether it's sport, whether it's the economy, whether it's you know just the, the way the virus is going, I think uh, people are just trying to look for the, the smallest glimmer of hope. And Dana White saying that and buying a, a, an island, I'm like, number one, damn, you got a lot of money. <laughs> you know? he does. And then I'm thinking, all right, we're Manfred, you could do that. Why don't you buy an island, please? Yeah, I mean, I don't. This is it, times are crazy right now. Yep, times are crazy. Yep. I uh, still don't understand what buying an island and putting a bunch of people on there does. I mean, he's going to fly people in, fly people out. Like I don't know. 
and how do you quarantine them? You know, there's so many logistics that you're just going, okay. <laughs> no. they're, they're still – like, are you going to do MMA with or UFC with without any uh, touching? Right? I know, man. I know. Same thing with baseball. What are you supposed to do? Like, there's so many intricacies of disgusting habits that happen in baseball. I mean, everybody licks their fingers. They spit all over the dugout. They – you know, everyone's grabbing each other's butt. Like, it's yeah. a very touchy-feely sport baseball is, and I think we're going to have to make some changes there. Well, I think it would be huge for the game as far as being able to see guys start, you know, utilizing the stolen base a little bit here and there because you're going to have, mm-hmm. you know, six feet. you got to make sure you get a big enough lead. Maybe the first base doesn't <laughs> want to hold you on. I mean, you, you, they bring out some possibilities here. Yeah, is there? The, I mean – is there one thing, is there one thing that you, you know, what they came up with in the proposals that you're just like, I am so against, like there's certain things I'm going, I am all in. Like I, I love the seven inning double headers. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I actually find those, I, I, I actually wish they adopted them anyways, because those games fly and we all know like if we nine yes. inning games are, the, are, are legit. We get that whole thing. But for me, I like the seven inning games, uh, when it comes to a double header, uh, the you know no mound visits i love mm-hmm. that would be a, that'd be epic and the <laughs> one i don't agree with is the strike zone like when it comes to the electronics strike zone i said the only one that should be allowed is when angel hernandez is back there just have that just have an electronic <laughs> strike zone when he's there just have no clue if he's going to call it a ball or a strike uh, just the flip strike? a coin yeah yeah you know i was looking at it and you know, this is kind of a, a strange thing to nitpick at, but, you know, baseball or the Players Association has always said product on the field matters, and we want to have the best product on the field. That's why we want teams to pay the players and to not hold guys down in the minor leagues for service time reasons. We need the best. The fans deserve the best product on the field. So now we're talking about these expanded rosters, and I – had heard something that they're going to have a pool of 50 players per team instead of having a minor league um, season they're going to like kind of pool these guys together and then in case of injury they'll have guys ready one i don't think that's fair to the guys that are just like in waiting mm-hmm. I mean, maybe they'll get paid and it'll be worth it uh but two when you start getting the rosters up there that much that kind of takes away from the product on the field and that's something they've argued time and time again now it's like well we're not going to have the best product on the field and that's the sole reason for them wanting to do that is so they can get more and more and more games in so then now it just seems like it's all about the money to both sides (laughs) and the product on the field doesn't mean yeah so i i think about that and then the other side of me is like well trevor shut up because it's going to give a bunch of guys fringe guys uh, a chance to play in the big leagues and i think that's wonderful i think a lot of guys do deserve that chance so you know that's i'm kind of go back and forth on that one i think it could be a good thing for some guys but then also it goes against everything that the players association has ever talked about yeah and it I, seems I like it's just a money grab I, so I I'm, I'm caught the, i'm caught in the middle on that yep. one but i couldn't agree can anymore. you imagine can you imagine you know you're a, a guy that's Say you're a prospect or a guy that just kind of been a 3A guy, Mm -hmm. and then you get your first major league game, and maybe your only major league game is like the quarantine year, and you're playing, there's no no fans. You're playing on a spring training field. Like it's just, 
not going to be the same, right? No, no. And I mean, obviously, the numbers of of big leaders going to you know jump up exponentially th- during that. And we all want everyone to have the opportunity to play in the big leagues. I, I get that, but I think you you said it best. It is the product on the field, and it, if, if yeah. you know, we want to see the best. We don't want to see a diminished product. We want to see the best product. And yeah, and if they're if they're talking about double headers, two double headers a week, I mean, you're going to get you're going to get essentially a few. Triple A games on TV. Well, what would equate to a season for you? Like, what what number is there a number for you? Because I don't really. My whole thing is there's so many guys that in the old school guys they all they say is oh it's one sixty two one sixty two. I'm like I don't care. I think it's a season if we actually play a game this year. Let's get this yeah. thing going. I don't know if I have a specific number. Um, I my again my prediction was July and hundred games. So. Like because they've said that they're willing to play regular season games through October and start to playoffs in November. So that gives us an extra 31 days. Um, so you start in July, you have July, August, September, and October. So you have four months. And I think 100 games is possible with the doubleheaders and, and the expanded rosters. So I think if you get 100 games in, that'll be a win. Yeah. Well, a win-win. The, the, the thing that comes up is like, look, there's plenty of guys that you're going – all right, um, through October would be great. But this can't, like for me, I can't see this. I don't want to see it affect next year, right? So if you go through yeah. October, you go through all of November, and then you're going to start up right away in February. Like I, I just hope that the product for the 2021 season isn't affected, right? I mean, it, it, that is where this thing is going to the point where, okay, now we got to start thinking logistically, are you going to just roll over into the next 20, you know, 21 season? I mean, that's. Yeah, I, I, there's, it can't, whatever they do this year can affect uh, next year. And hopefully like we get, you know, everything with this virus under wraps and we won't have to worry about this next year. Yep. Um, but I don't think anything they do will affect next year. Well, let's, so let's talk yeah. about what, what's going on with you and uh, you know, talking baseball on the John boy media you did sign a uh, deal with them as far as being a, a part of their, their product. Uh, you're a guy that is a, not only a great interview, but just, just a guy that is in baseball is a known, you know, entity in baseball, um, over a hundred big league homers. You're bad. You know, and you, there, there's certain that. things that you bring to the table. You're a California kid. Uh, tell us about it. Like what, 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 what's the, what's the, what was the goal for you? Not knowing you know, when your career was going to end, it ends. And now you're doing this. Yeah. Kev, you know, like when you're in baseball, you know, everyone tells you you're going to be out of baseball for much longer than you're in baseball. And that's obvious. And I've had, you know, a bunch of people kind of tell me when you're playing, people want to talk to you. You're important. And then when you stop playing, they don't want to talk to you as much. You're not as important. And that's true. And that's okay. And I, I totally understand that. So, you know, my goal when I was playing was always to f- kind of start planning for after. Because you know it's not going to last forever. And I, uh, as soon as I got done playing, I had some ideas and stuff that I had started doing while I was playing. So I got the ball rolling on these projects. And none of them were baseball related. <laughs> 
I wanted to get out of the game. I think a lot of guys feel that way after they put in their time. It's like, man, I, I, I want to do something different than baseball. So I started um, working with one of my neighbors who was doing hemp oil production in Oregon. I was going to meetings with him. I'm like, okay, I can kind of see myself doing this. Like the business is kind of going well. Like I'll see if I like it. And I quickly realized I wasn't really into it. So, you know, kind of dipped my toe into some other waters and um, I decided one day like, hey, like stop being, you know, so like, who do you think you are? You know, like mm -hmm. you're not some crazy businessman, like your circle is in baseball, your expertise is in baseball, you spent your entire life in this game, like that's your field. So right away, I kind of didn't know exactly what I wanted to do. I even went to the Dodgers instructional league and thought about joining them on the player development side. And, um, that also I found quickly was not my calling because <laughs> that's a grind. I yeah. went down to instructional league and it is a grind and I got to see that again. And I gotta be honest with you. It just, it just wasn't something I was interested in at all. Like I love being around the game, but it's too much. Yeah. There's a reason I stopped playing. I, I, I would have, if I was going to do that, I would have just played AAA baseball, you know? Yeah. You're probably making more money in AAA baseball and at least you're getting to play the game instead of just showing up and kind of just grinding it out as a coach. It's really tough. I mean, I give those guys a ton of credit because it's, it's not an easy lifestyle. No, no. And it, again, it's coaching in, in, in minor leagues is almost, uh, you have to be the most selfless person. There's yes. got to be nothing about, you know, uh, the ability for you to even take in any, uh, just any kudos to anything, because no, <laughs> if one guy is, and you could say this about the big leagues too, but if one guy is struggling or one guy's having success, you got five guys struggling, and that's always going to play on your mind. And yeah, the, that just never did it for me. That never well, did. If I'm, yeah, and if I'm an organization. And your lifeblood is your minor league system, just how it is. Um, if I am an organization, and I've said this to guys, you got to pay these guys more. I don't care what it costs. You got, like, if you yeah. want the best coaches, go out and pay them. Like, make it worthwhile to coach minor league baseball. Because right now, in the majority of organizations, it is not worthwhile to coach in a minor league organization. The money you make, the amount of hours you're at the field, the time that you're away, you're playing in these cities that aren't great. You know, it's it's not worth it. Nope. So if I'm an organization, I'm like, look, I want the best guys. I'm going to double what these other organizations are paying. And these guys are going to flock to me. And then my minor league talent is going to flourish. And I don't know why that's such a hard concept for teams to figure out. <laughs> um, I think the Dodgers were kind of trying to do that. You know, they brought in all of Craig Wallenbrock, who is a, a hitting guru, if you will. They brought in his whole deal like all the people that were working with him they brought them into the organization so i think they're kind of figuring that out yeah but um again that wasn't for me so um finally yeah i got hooked up with john boy i had been started to do some media stuff with stadium kind of just dipped my toe in the water and i liked it it was you know it was fun for me to do some research and get on camera kind of get in a little rush and, uh, yeah, we just kind of connected. We hit it off, and I liked what he was doing, and I saw, you know, an opportunity. And, 
yeah, just last week we signed it, made it official, and um, we're having a lot of fun, man. It's it's fun to talk about the game. We're getting guys to come on the podcast. We did a spring training tour, which was absolutely insane. Um, but it's something that I'm enjoying, and like, there's something to be said about that. Like, enjoying your work is yeah is nice. Well, no, it, it's fun for me when I listen to you guys, and I do listen often, and it's. It's two non-baseball guys. And what I mean non-baseball guys is nothing with affiliation. They're fans. Mm-hmm. And yes. they have this passion for the game that just it matches up with you. And you guys go back and forth. And, you know, you give the player's perspective, but you see the fans' side. They give it off. Look, the John Boy media, John Boy in, in general, people forget, or if they don't forget, how he started up is basically by the ejections, right? Like just – yeah. talking over all the ejections by coaches, players, and it's the funniest thing on earth. And he just you you bits and pieces. You would see this guy, you know, come up with some, you know, creative content uh and the passion was always there. Now it's into a spot where he's talking baseball and hence the name of the show that you're on and I I I don't know. It just it's a it's a perfect fit. Thank you. Yeah, it's it's a so I like, you know, kind of learned about this whole business now. They call it fan media, which is an interesting take. But, you know, he started out as a wedding videographer. So he like has his editing. Yeah, he has his editing skills from that. And he was kind of over it. So he started some stuff doing. He's a Yankee fan. So he did a lot of Yankee stuff. And yeah, the breakdowns is kind of where he got his following on the Internet. And the beauty of the internet is, man, like you could be anyone. If you have a talent and people like what you do, you could build something. And essentially what he's done, um, you know, he, both him and Jake, who's the other co-host, they do. They love baseball. They are open to talk about it in, in, in a number of different ways. They, they like seeing it from the fan perspective. They're, now they're starting to see the player's perspective you know, we're ushering in a little bit of the owner's perspective too. And it's just, a, I think it, it, I think it is a well-rounded show. And like I said, we just have fun with it. Yeah. And I think, it, and I think that comes across. Um, but you know, it's, um, I've been looking for something to kind of invest in and help grow. And this was kind of the perfect fit. Yeah. I mean like for me, so I, I, I am the, the, I'm the, the baseball nerd, like on the, on the, the player side like I love the game mm-hmm. I just want to talk about the game I have fun that's why doing this podcast is fun because mm-hmm. I get to talk to guys that are former Phillies you know f- just former big leaders former players mm-hmm. all this stuff and, and just have a good conversation and, and it's fun going into something with someone like you who had so much success at the big league level and then after the you know kind of in the same spot what do I do what do I do after I'm done mm-hmm. I don't know and you, you, you try different things and you you land on your feet doing this, and I think it. I I think it's fun, and and uh, you know, best of luck on on that. The question I have for you: Do you want okay. to play waffle or not? Yes. What? Is- <laughs> all right. So this is pine tar for breakfast. Uh, I had I basically had pine tar all over me when I was playing. Uh, still do now. Um, oh, and the waffle. I miss or pine not, tar. What's that? I miss pine tar. Right. I need, I need to get some pine tar and just smell it. Every oh. Once in a while. What were, was there a, cause people don't realize this. You go to city to city, pine tar is different wherever you go, you know? And, yeah. and there's a, I loved, loved the pine tar in Minnesota. Interesting. Yeah. We yeah. got to, you know, I think, uh, 
I used it. I used it a little bit. I used the stick pine tar. That was my, that's yeah. like what felt best in my hand. But I also like to just doctor my bat up to look show. Yeah. Well, you got to have show. You got to have the show. So it's like the, most of my pine tar was for show, which was, I'm, I'm okay with that. Yeah. But uh, we started, I, we would pack our own bag and bring our own stuff around. Maybe that's because it, it was Minnesota and like they were yeah. good at it, but we'd always have our own bag. Like they made sure the actual like pine tar pine tar was like perfectly spread out they would give us extra they had the rosin yep see they knew Big it. stuff all right so the waffle or not is i'm going to give you a picture and you're going to tell me if you waffled okay. them or not and it doesn't matter what you think of waffling is you could have homered off them you could have you know just gone you know 20 for 22 off of them uh or you could okay. be uh not and yeah what's the opposite of waffle like, yeah just not just not waffled okay. like you just not waffled. yeah like uh I don't know. I'm not a parfait yogurt parfait guy, so it could be like a, a waffle or parfait. Perfect. Yeah. So uh, we're gonna go with. Uh, we're gonna start this out. Uh, Francisco Liriano. Well, this is a layup for me because I do. <laughs> I do know my stats against him, and I love Frankie because he he's one of my favorite teammates. Just like a great all around guy, but I waffled him. Oh, yeah. I well, did. Look here, how many you know how many hits you had off him, right? It's not a lot because I only faced him, you know, a couple games. But like, I basically got a hit. Like, I think I'm, I think I'm like five or six for ten or something like. You're that. five for eight. Oh, how many extra eight. base hits? I just want to know. <laughs> I just like this. It's a lot because yeah, it's, I, it's I all five. Have, all five. Yeah, I knew I had four homers off. Yep. Him, so two eight twenty eight fifty OPS. That is waffleage. My friend. Yeah, that's Wafflage, yeah. And, um, you know, that was, that's a good one. Yeah, so uh, we'll go that route, and then we'll go uh, Max Scherzer. I know that one. That's, uh, that's a parfait. And I'm not embarrassed <laughs> of that one. You know, when I was in that division, man, the Tigers had all those guys. Oof. They had Scherzer. They had Price. They had um, – I'm, I'm blanking. Uh, Verlander, Porcello, uh, Annabelle Sanchez. It was just – it was tough, man. And I was a young guy at that time. Well, and so that's what I was going to ask. I was like, yeah, no, I mean like there, there are certain times that you're going, dude, uncle with this, I need it. Can I get a breather? And the, and they, the tigers, when you were playing, were rolling out dude after dude. Yeah. Their lineup. Uh, I don't know the exact date. When did they go? Did they go to the world series? Yeah. In uh, 12 just, lost to the giants. Got they lost the Giants in 12. Okay. That year, I mean, their lineup, Oof. not only was their starting rotation great, but you had Miguel Cabrera in his prime, Victor Martinez. I don't know if Maglio was still there at that time. Um, Prince was there. I mean, you they could go news. on and on with that lineup. And their problem was a bullpen. Mm. You know, they just they didn't have a bullpen. That was our thing. You were like, hey, man, let's let's get past these starters. And let's get into the bullpen. You don't say that too much anymore. Like nowadays, you're like, let's leave the starter, and the bullpens are all nasty. Yeah, but for them, that wasn't the case. No, nope. So we got uh, not Wafflage on uh, Max Scherzer, one for seventeen. Uh, oh gosh. <laughs> yeah, I'm sorry, but I have to do it. It's fun. Uh, ooh, I like this one, Giovanni Gallardo. Hmm. Ah, I got you thinking. I know. 
Well, I know I have a few homers off him, but yeah. I also don't think I like hit him that well. But I could be wrong. That's one I don't know. I'm gonna say like mid waffle. Okay, you're going. Uh, you're just going, like, going a, like, like a just in between. Yeah, you're you're going oatmeal on this one. Uh, so like you you were five for seventeen with two bombs off him. That's waffleage because you had a nine twenty five OPS. Okay, sorry, I'll we take waffled that. him. Yeah, yeah, we waffled him. Yeah. Uh, oh, Jared Weaver. Ah, uh, yeah. <laughs> this is a good. This is fun for me too because I know Weave. <laughs> Luckily, you know when I faced him early in my career, he was he waffled me, but then he he stuck around for a long time. <laughs> yeah, and towards the end of his career, he wasn't the same pitcher, and obviously didn't have the velocity and the slow like the guys that were just kind of like spot guys. Yeah. Never had a problem with those guys. So I, I waffled Weave. I know that. I got a couple. Well, at least one homer. I don't know if I have No, two, you got but. five extra base hits, two homers, 11 RBIs, 1328 OPS on them. Uh, you were two for five in 2011 off of them. So, oh, so I did hit him. Okay. You did hit him. Uh, 12, you were 0 for three, two walks. But, I mean, look, here's the deal. I don't care about walks. I just care about wafflage. I've five extra base them, hits is waffling his A. I gotta say something. <laughs> I was also part. I was also part of a game where he threw a no hitter. So, ooh, there's a you know it's a give and take here. And I do remember I hit a homer foul, like just foul in that game. And then he finished the game off and no hit us Ugh. in Anaheim. So he's got his own. Like I can't just be like, oh yeah, I waffled you. He's like, oh yeah, well I also no hit you guys. My my favorite weave story is at 2010 when I'm with the Angels and playing there and. Uh, First game is uh, with him. Actually, no, second game. Uh, playing against Tampa, ground ball down third base line, and I, I, I think I had like three errors in in three games. And <laughs> I mean, this dude lit me up, and he came in to Sochan, give me someone over there that can play, not a little leaguer. And I'm like, bro, really? <laughs> and he, that's like, pretty. Afterwards, that's pretty he brutal. apologized, but I mean, like, I'm like, dude, like, you went that route, like you went. You went to the jugular. Uh, yeah, that's tough. You know, I guess you you just say, "Oh, he's a competitor," but that's tough. <laughs> <to hear. laughs> I I've been there. I've been in those shoes. Like I understand where you're coming from. I had a Joe Nathan thing. Ooh. Uh, and Joe is a really soft-spoken guy and one of the best closers of all time. And I like made a few plays behind him that he wasn't happy with, and he didn't say that, but he came in you know kicked the gatorade bucket and threw his glove and it was all directed towards me and you knew it like those are the worst and, oh like, no. i knew it I, I went and apologized to him <laughs> <laughs> i'm like sorry i messed up man you know i'm trying out here i'm trying to be a shortstop but i'm not a shortstop why haven't you guys moved me off the position that's basically what I you're like him. i'm trying to get out of this spot i'm just letting like, you guys I know a, i'm trying to get out of here i'm a, a white guy who's not <laughs> really that fast and my lateral range isn't that good so please move me off a of shortstop well i was trying to like they had you and dozier at the same time that were playing shortstop one was going down one was going up one was going down and, and then you you end up at third base and second base which were great moves for both of you and you're going man they had so many they you had dudes on that team anyways like you guys yeah so yeah i mean i i tell people that all the time like i wish they would have moved me sooner off shortstop shortstop is so hard man it puts so much pressure on you because oh. you are like literally the captain of the infield it's it's probably the i don't know it's the first or second hardest position on the diamond 
Yeah. Um, I'd argue that it's the first. It's the hardest position, but it's you have to be a special, special player to stick it short. I was not. Yeah, no, I, I, I tried doing it a little bit, yeah, and I realized real quick I suck. <laughs> uh, we got one more for you. Um, okay. I think this is a layup as well because of uh, your guys' relationship, but uh, Phil Hughes? Yes. You know, Phil does not like me talking about this. He thinks oh, I bring it up is, too much. This is the part. This is what I love. Yeah, so I know I waffle Phil, <laughs> and we we go way back. We had the same agent, same draft class. I was drafted three picks ahead of him. <laughs> there was one time in high school where he big-leagued me with Mark Trumbo, and I always bring that up to him. Uh, eventually, what? we were teammates. Yeah, yeah. It was like a showcase thing, and him and Mark Trumbo were there. And I was like a dude in high school, okay? Yeah. Like, I was like – people knew who I was in yeah. showcases. I was – it's probably the best – I was ever at baseball was in high school. <laughs> so I was kind of tasting myself a little bit. And uh, I kind of like went to go say hi to these guys. Cause I knew who they were too. Cause these guys were also big, like uh, draft prospects and they kind of like shooed me off a little bit. Well, I could see Trumbo doing that for sure. And I was like, all right, <laughs> you know, like, sorry guys, I'm sorry for interrupting you. And um, then eventually Phil and I became good buddies, but I always bring that, up to him and yes i did hit two homers off him yeah you you, you own three for t- i know these I, I didn't have to tell three for ten two homers i think a walk yeah that's waffleage that's waffle baby well i thank yeah. you for playing waffle or not i mean it's it's fun thank going you. back like I, i've played it with larry boa larry anderson and and the the thought like when you know the you stats easy. you were they easy knew on stats me. on these guys Yeah, you were easy on me because the only one you didn't let me waffle was max scherzer and that's not embarrassing yeah, no, I, I, I went easy on this one because it's more fun talking in the recent and the positive, so I went that. Thank you. you. Yeah. I know all the guys that I was horrible against. So well, Who was the uh, the position player you, you hit the homer, the walk-off with the uh, with the Phillies? Kike. Yeah. I, wa- I, I do have the title um, best hitter against position players of all time. <laughs> So I am two for two with two homers. So unless somebody comes along and goes three for three with three homers, I'm forever the best to ever do it. And that is how we're going to end it. And I appreciate Love you it. coming on Pine Talk for <laughs> Breakfast, the greatest hitter against position players in the history of baseball, Trevor Thank Plouffe. You. Thanks, dude. Thanks for having me on, man. That was fun talking baseball right there with Trevor Plouffe. You can find him on the John Boy Media YouTube channel, at Trevor Plouffe on Twitter. I'm Kevin Franzen, at Kevin Franzen on Twitter. Send out some stuff. Let's go. While we're waiting for the Philadelphia Phillies Major League Baseball to get back playing, let's talk a little bit about what you want to talk about. Thanks for joining Pine Tar for breakfast. Till next time, keep flattening that curve. Peace. It's blazing hot outside. You get in your car to turn on the AC to get cold air pumping, but it blows hot air out. This issue is commonly caused by low refrigerant due to leaks in the AC system. You want an easy, all-in-one solution that will restore the cold air in no time. AC Pro Recharge Kits. Make restoring cold air easy for even those with zero DIY experience in less than 10 minutes. Save time and money versus going to a shop by picking up an AC Pro Recharge Kit today. Be a pro with AC Pro.